Welcome back to the Dallas Design Sprints Podcast. My name is Robert Scrove. On today's show, we're featuring Giovanni Atomov. He is the design director at Atreo and co-founder and design sprint facilitator at Good Sprint, coming out of the Treviso area of Italy. We have an extended conversation about what he's doing there at Good Sprint and how he sees 2019 playing out for him and his company. We also discuss the intricacies of rugby uniforms. Hope you enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. So Giovanni, thank you very much for coming on the Dallas Design Sprints podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Robert, for having me. You're the design director of Atrio. You're a digital, digital strategist. You're versed in art design. Why don't you get a little bit into what you're currently doing? Atrio is, um, is a digital agency that has been uh, on the market for more than 10 years. We are based in Treviso, which is a, a small city near Venice in Italy. And uh, we are a team of 10 people now. And we, have, um, we do everything you know, into the digital design, digital communication project, from strategy to uh, website design, UI, UX. Uh, projects and development. We have an in-house development team. We also do online advertising, social media, a bit of everything that's usually involved on a, uh, on a digital project. My role is basically I'm nowadays more in, in touch with clients. So I do uh, a lot of meetings with clients, work on strategy and uh, I do some visual a bit a bit less nowadays. We we do a bit of everything really, from uh, web design to app design, so mobile app design, uh, interactive design with touch screens and things like that. Uh, we do a bit of branding, but less and less nowadays. That's it really. The the design sprint is something that arrived uh, here through some conversations, some, we went to a couple of events and heard of talking about uh, Design Sprint, not here in Italy, but abroad. And uh, we, we sort of looked into it and found something that is, um, resonates with, with us, with the way we work. So we, we, in the last year or so, we tried to find a way to work with uh, with clients, we, we usually, our projects are, we start usually for, with, with strategy, but it's not very easy to, uh, to sell strategy here in Italy, especially with the type of clients we have. We usually work with the uh, medium-sized companies, so not huge budgets, but still we take our time to, to work on strategy and go deep into knowing the, the business of the clients we work with. And it's not always easy to sell this part of a project and, or, or at least give its, uh, its correct value. We, we started trying different ways to uh, present strategies to, strategy to, to clients, uh, but failed most of the times. So it's, uh, it's not something easy to do. So we, we sort of stumbled upon design sprints and found a way not not to do strategy but found a a tool that allows us to talk about specific things to to the to the prospects to or to clients 
uh, in a way that is um, something innovative, uh, something that in Italy does very, very few agencies that work with, uh, with design sprints and that allow us to explain a sequence of tasks, a sequence of operations that you need to do to obtain a, a solution. You know? So we, we then decided to, to train and specifically I, I took the, uh, the masterclass with uh, AJN Smart and uh, started experimenting with, uh, with design sprints. Uh, both internally and with some some of our, our clients, our existing clients, so, and up to uh, when we decided to that design sprint could be something that could be very useful in a in a project for designing better, better projects, better better products. So we decided to to start a new business dedicated to design sprints, and in particular to obviously the facilitation, the organization of a design sprint, but also the, the training. Because here in Italy, um, design sprints, as I said, is, is not very well known. Uh, it's, it's very much confused with other terminology like agile, like uh, design thinking. There's a lot of education that needs to be done with, uh, with companies. So we, we saw an opportunity on that as well as uh, a lot of work that need to be done. So we decided not to offer the design sprint as a, as a service of, of our studio, of Atrio, but instead create a new, a new business that will try and, and explain design sprint and create a bit of, of culture around design sprint here in Italy. And hopefully this will allow us to hopefully get better clients or clients that will, will be able to, to work with this, uh, with this tool. So that's where we are at the moment. We, we, we launched the, the business, it's called Good Sprint. We, are, we, we just put a, a small landing page and the, the new website will be, will be launched in, in January and we'll start all the, all the promotion and, and everything and we'll create some events, some meetups hopefully uh, a bigger event as well next year. So that's, that's where we are at the moment. We feel, we feel that probably the design sprint will, will work to get us to talk with some uh, clients that we want to work with for something specific that the design sprint can address. But may, and, and then the good thing is that we are we not... We, we then we have on the back we have Atrio that can offer all, all the rest of the communication. You know, can take the, the product to the next step, to, to the end, and, and deliver the product that's been designed with the with the design sprint. Um, not not sure about the strategic part because, but maybe you know when you, when you start talking with a the client, then you, you can also explain what you can do for them on a strategic level. So maybe, I don't think it's a, it's a solution for, for the strategic part, but probably it's a solution for get us to talk with some of the prospects that we would like to work with. You're classically trained in uh, graphic design. What's really interesting is that you come from that background and you're really rich in that. From the standpoint of, of that background, what about design sprints really appeals to you in that regard? Well, there's uh, definitely the creative part, you know, the, 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 
the sketching, the, the hand drawing, the, the writing. It's something that resonates with, with that part of my, of my career or my experience. I don't think there's, um, there's a great connection in between the two, you know, but probably the, 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 the manual part of the doing things doing things with your hands and you know in in person with other with other people in the team is something that really appeals to me and I, i'm not sure i see a connection between the, the the graphic graphic design experience apart from you know the ideation part and the, the, the sketching and the and the manuality that it's um, it's it's inside the the design sprint I guess my next next question would be, if there's a, a real appeal to working with others in a physical location within a design sprint, doing various activities of sketching, discussing, exploring the the problem space, and coming up with ideas, how does that contrast with your experience with doing virtual sprints that you had volunteered your time for this past November? Well, definitely, for in a in a design sprint, the, the great thing about it is. The opportunity that you have to to work closely with the client, with the client's team, uh, face to face, without distractions, without computers and mobile phones and phone calls, and also the the clear the clear path that the, a design sprint has in within itself, in, in a way that sets of of tasks that you have to do, and so everything is is timed, so everything. As it's, as, it, as its time is and uh, beginning and end was on a, on on the virtual on the virtual design sprints that we that we did the physical contact was okay because we we had video conference so you, you can see the others and probably one of the the biggest thing that was missing is definitely the the ability to be in the same room and uh, exchange those little things that you can experience only when you when you when you work closely with someone else so the you know the, the expression the way of doing things uh, the, the momentum all, the, all these kind of things that in a, a virtual virtual reality sort of lacks of but if you if you accept that in, in in a way you know you know that a virtual design sprint is not the same as a as a physical design sprint and you know its limitation and you, you set the expectations in the, in, the, in the correct way, in the right way. I, I think that a, design, a virtual design sprint has other great, great things about it, like putting together people, great professionals that otherwise you, you won't be able to put together. So I think there are probably some downsizes, but there are great upsizes, if it's a word. Uh, um, so definitely there are advantages on, on, on the virtual design sprints that probably overcome the, the, the difficulties of uh, not working physically with, with other people. If we were talking in 2019, what does next year look like for you? A good year would be us being able to launch a good sprint and do everything that we we set us to do, including a lot of content creation, which is uh, one of the biggest things that we are planning to do. We're, doing, we're planning to do a lot of um, YouTube videos, a lot mm. of 
training, a lot of presence in a way, in a way of, of content creation. And obviously, it would be great to uh, start doing design sprints with, uh, with some new clients. And at least, uh, you know, if, if, if we manage to, to do uh, probably eight design sprints next year, it would be great. Also start creating a community, a local community around, um, around the design sprint and, and get, to, get this, um, this tool to known to as many people as possible. A fantastic year would be uh, to be able to, to do some big event. It would be great to, to, to do a conference about design sprint here in Italy. Uh, it's something we are talking about and really get good sprint to live on its own as a, as a company, as a separate company that, that can uh, start growing. So that's, uh, that would be a fantastic, fantastic year for me. I would love to see some videos that showed your point of view and other people on your staff about how they view design sprints, how they apply them, Mm-hmm. Uh, variations in the uh, the activities based on either context or client. I don't think there's enough of that out there. Mm-hmm. I think people want to do a lot of education around the process, and I think that's getting saturated a bit online. And what's missing sometimes is, for example, you make a video about how applying design sprints works in a certain example or a certain context. Then mm-hmm. someone on your staff who is very versed in development goes into his point of view on how design sprints really help development. And getting that point of view from a lot of different people with different disciplines and backgrounds, that would be a, a human interest story that I would tune in for all day long, especially oh. if, if it showcased your thinking, the way you approached it, you the problem, your body language, if you did kind of a half screen, similar to how I've seen in master classes, they can be short five to 10 minute videos. But if you came straight out of the gate with your company with that kind of content, I'd be all over it. Oh, that's interesting, yeah. I mean, am I, um, if you can pick your brain whilst we're talking, uh, you know, we, ha- we have an issue here that we're trying to uh, solve. There is, um, you know, Italian markets, like, some other countries here, here in Europe, it's not really a, a bilingual country. So English is, is not a language that everyone can understand. And also, especially actually C-level managers of companies not always understand English. So one question we were trying to address is, is the language of the content that we're going to create, is it going to be in Italian because we, we want to educate and we want to work with the Italian market first or does it have to be both or it, or, or it can be just English. So this is something that we, uh, we're thinking about because obviously if you, if, if you don't produce content in English, then obviously you, you stay here in Italy in between the Italian uh, borders whilst if you do everything in English maybe you have opportunities abroad but you might lose some opportunities here in Italy 
a big question in this, this, this thing at the moment. I'd, I'd like to know what, what you think about it. So I probably have a different point of view on it, but I actually think there's a, a distinct advantage or a strength in doing it in your native language. And here are the reasons why. For one, it will definitely marginalize you to your country, but I actually think that's a good thing, especially if you're first starting out with this. I think it's a mistake to try to appeal to a wide audience because inherently when you do that, you're going to appeal to no one. Mm. You really have to pigeonhole yourself, and I like using that phrase a lot, so that you target a specific market and a specific type of customer. If it is in the Italian market and you're going local, it seems like a no-brainer to me to just do everything in native Italian. If you do it that way, there's nothing to say that YouTube doesn't do automatic transcribing in English. And I don't know of any other person online that's talking about design sprints in Italian. I don't. I figure that if I do design sprints, I would probably see someone from the Philippines or from Berlin or from Buenos Aires that speaks English and I can hear their accent. But there's part of me that says, just speak it in your native language because it gives it a, a sort of appeal in a way that you're, you're, you're representing a locality that's different from mine. And I would be thrilled to see the majority of your content being mostly Italian and then maybe one or two that you maybe do in English that are more broad in general about what Good Sprint does. I think from a strategic standpoint, you should really concentrate on doing native Italian speaking content. I think that for, for local clients, especially if there is that, that lack of English speaking, I think it's the way to go. Yeah, um, I agree on this, on, this, on this vision. I think it's, um, you know, I, I've worked abroad and I think some, a part of me would love, would love to keep working with, uh, with companies abroad. So probably is something that you know makes me question this uh, this decision. But it's, we wanted to start with Italian anyway because you know you probably have seen some a couple of articles I've written in Italian because we feel there's there's a need of trying to explain in the easiest way possible what a design sprint is, what what good can can do for you. And if you if you if you do it in English, you probably won't reach the the Italian market or not at least not everyone so definitely we will get it started with this this way but it's, it's interesting to know that someone from the u.s you know could be interested in uh, uh in knowing how things work or how how we work here in italy and uh, get a different perspective and maybe it's, it's interesting so thank you for that i actually respect the fact that when i look at something that you produce and it's in a language i don't understand i since i can't interpret it I assume that you're speaking on a level of authority that matters to your market. It's the same thing with Sabrina and what she's doing up there in Stuttgart. If she started producing a lot of content that had, was Germanic and had a lot of German language to it, I would just assume that based on my experience with her, she knows what she's talking about and she's really speaking to her locality, her, her particular market. And that's totally fine with me. I still think the world of her in terms of her, her attitude, her drive, 
what she's attempting to do, and I, and I fully support it. So by all means, experiment. See how the, the content you create that's native to your language, how that performs locally. If you track analytics or if you get qualitative feedback and ask people about your content, what they think of it, kind of experiment with the content to see what works in, in, your, in your area. And then when you expand out, you'll kind of see if, it can be, if that success could be replicated. So out of the 50 pieces of content you create, maybe there's two or three that are really appealing that seem to really uh, strike a nerve or gain traction. Do a conversion of those videos to English. And then you don't have to redo the content. You just do English, uh, like speak over it, and then you can send it out and see how it performs outside of Italy. But you start with the locale and then just expand based on its performance. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, probably a follow-up to that question is, you had mentioned earlier offline that you were in the UK for seven years working out there and you thought that was a really great experience. Mm -hmm. Can you kind of elaborate on that a bit? Start with something funny. I, I studied in Italy, I studied accountancy and I never worked as an accountant in my life. So I, I had an excuse to go abroad in the UK because I, I used to play rugby. So I, really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. I used to, I, I, I played since I was eight uh, for, for many years here in Italy. And then um, I used rugby as an excuse to go abroad and work, uh, play for, for a season in Cambridge. And then uh, instead of staying there one season, I stayed there for seven years because uh, I really liked it. And, um, I really liked uh, playing there, but also, you know, the, the connection with the people and found the UK a great place to to being able to, to grow and to find your way because then I started studying and I started, uh, I first did a, a, a couple of um, professional courses in uh, creative computing and this kind of Quark Express uh, software. Oh my goodness, Quark <laughs> Express. Yeah. Holy cow. <laughs> I used to play, I used to play around the, oh my man. Trying to There's get the margins correct on that program and having a lot of <laughs> was like yeah. hours and hours. You literally aged while you're trying to figure that out. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> Definitely. One of the teachers suggested me to, uh, to carry on and do a, a proper course. So I, I studied graphic design at university. Then had the opportunity to start working in the, in the creative industry before finishing university and started with a... I worked in, um, in an agency that used to produce products for, for schools, for children with the learning disabilities or learning difficulties, actually. So I've done a lot of um, graphic, proper graphic and catalogs and book setting or all, all the proper old school stuff. <laughs> and then um, uh, I've always been interested in technology and always had a computer since I was, I was a kid and really had the opportunity to, with, with graphic design, with creativity, with design, to, to join the two things, to, to merge the two things. And, and, and then I, worked in, I went to work in London uh, for, for a big agency and had an opportunity to a lot of experience in, in digital as well. 
uh, worked for clients such as Nokia, uh, eBay, Hewlett Packard, and many others. And then, so it was a great learning curve, learning curve, and uh, really kickstarted my career. Uh, and then I worked in another agency, changed a couple of agencies, and then I moved to uh, to Spain after the UK and joined a, a traditional agency that wanted to to expand the digital business. I stayed there for, for a year and then decided to move back to my hometown. Uh, here I worked for uh, one of the biggest agencies in, in Italy. That was at the time, uh, about 10 years ago, a digital agency. So we had a had great experiences there as well. And then done another, went to work in a couple of different agencies and done a bit of freelancing, tested out everything possible. And then finally settled down here in Atio uh, about a year ago with some guys that I knew for a long, for, for a long time. So decided to, to join forces and, uh, and here I am today. I have... One question that's been sitting in the back of my head that I mm-hmm. absolutely have to ask, and it's not discounting your entire career that you just explained because it's, it sounds wonderful. I have to know, when you were a rugby player, what color uniform did you wear? <laughs> Why? <laughs> because I've seen, so I've watched rugby in the past, and mm-hmm. some of the players, some of the colors that these, these teams have, they're, sometimes they're the usual dark red or blue or, uh, you know, emerald green. But and every so often you have a rugby team that's wearing nothing but hot pink. <laughs> and I don't, I have no, I'm pretty sure that you never went down that road with your team. But it's, it's probably more of the classic colors of other teams that have played. Well, I, th- I think there's a, probably just the French that do that. You know, there's a, a couple of teams that have like pink or bright yellow. Uh, I, I, I wore the classic, the, the, the right colors you, you mentioned. So the dark red and, and dark blue striped uh, tops. That, that, oh. was our, that was our colors. Okay. So I, didn't, UK, uh, yeah. I didn't realize it was a, it was a French version of, of color. The Fran- and uh, there's the, the a couple of teams that, you know, French are more creative on, on, on the colors. Tell me a little bit about uh, the people you work with. Do you find that getting different perspective from others is is uh, is challenging or interesting? Well, you get you get a different perspective of um, of, of of things really of, on all the product projects that we do, not not just uh, the design sprint. All the projects, everyone chips in with their point of view, their way to see to see things. Usually, the developers are the ones that. Uh, stops you by do, doing things because uh, you're always trying to to push a bit further and uh, and they they try to to hold your scissors a bit. <laughs> Developers have the the mindset into technology into how we're gonna make this thing. The copywriter chips in with the how how we communicate this thing how we. we which words we use to, to explain this thing. So I think every, every each, one, each one of us have the speciality or the, 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 the way of thinking that really helps to, to create a, a really thought, thought through project and something that uh, can really work. 
The same thing is, is with design sprints. Sometimes we bring in the UX designer, the digital designer, or the copywriter, or the creative director, whatever, you know, everyone is able to, to bring their knowledge and their, their way of, of seeing things. The same thing with the clients that are involved uh, in, in the design sprint. You know, they, they bring their knowledge, the, the way to see the product, which is probably very different from, from yours and from, from the other members of the team. So definitely diversity is, is, is the greatest thing that we, we take into account when, when working on a project. And, and we believe that it's, it's, it's really important to, to drive the project into what you do, what, what you're good at, but uh, drive the project into what is uh, needed for the project to be successful. And what do you bring to the table? What do you do better than anyone else? I think it's, it's, it's about vision. It's about what, what's the best for the project. So having, having worked in, in different roles in my, in my career and also having worked uh, abroad, you know, really, I think it opened my mind a bit with what are the possibilities and what can be done. And I had the chance to to work on very different projects from paper to digital to video making, photography, shooting, everything, you know, all type of different, different projects. Uh, I think, I think I bring that and I usually bring uh, a vision and an international vision, something, you know, looking outside of our market because I, I, I try to keep up with everything that, happens in in the world and this is something that i really try to bring to into every project that that i that i started that i work on how do you see the application of the design sprint process and good sprint evolving for where you want to take it i think because of how the italian market works i think we have to experiment and this is something that we we're very aware of we we probably won't be able or at least not every time we won't be able to to apply the exact process uh, all the time it's something that we are trying to do and we see sometimes it, it, it could work we can work fine uh, but then we believe that there are bits and pieces of the design sprint that we need to take out and sort of repackage and sort of based on on the project on the client or the type of products we we are going to have to take some some part of it and experiment with it also we we are talking about how we can sort of um, the, the concepts of the design sprint into atrio into the the the, the way we we do strategy in atrio so we were talking about it with, with my partner an hour ago before the call on a new way to present how we work in strategy. And we actually talked about introducing some of the tools of the design sprint into uh, maybe a small workshop. You know, we already started working on uh, doing some LDJs, some light, lightning decision jams, both internally and with some clients to work on specific parts of, uh, of the strategy of the, of the project. So 
definitely there are parts that we need to that we can integrate and or adapt and how the the project evolves or about by the needs that the project and the client has we are trying now to to do as much full design sprint process to to gain as much experience uh, as possible to be then be able to customize the sprint or the project by what are you know the the, the variables and and the needs of the, of the project makes sense so if our audience wants to find out more about you or to track what you're going to be doing with Good Sprint in the future. Where should they yeah. go online? Well, uh, goodsprint.it is going to be the is the website that we have uh, at the moment. Or otherwise, follow me on Instagram. Uh, it's Giovanni Atalmi, and that is I know it's difficult to spell, but <laughs> maybe you know I don't know. It's not that difficult. Trust me. No. Okay. If you ever tried to follow somebody from like a Slavic or Russian background, um, <laughs> especially some of my friends in Krakow, Poland, you really have to get your consonants right because you can definitely right. miss a few in trying to get like the longer names in there. So that's, that's I, I think they'll be able to find you. But are there any other places that they can find you? Well, Instagram uh, is going to be the place that we, we're going to use to, to, to publish all the, we would like to document the process of, you know, the creation of good sprint and first the initial phases, the difficulties and, and get as much uh, feedback as well as possible. So if, if definitely Instagram is going to be the main, the main place, but then in the future, there's going to be YouTube as well. But if you follow me on, on Instagram, surely I'll, I'll give you updates for, for everything else. Giovanni, thank you very much for coming on. It was great having a conversation with you and I hope the rest of your week goes well. Right. Thank you very much, Robert. Thank you for, for, for the time and uh, wish you the best and great holidays and Merry Christmas for the, <laughs> the season coming. <laughs> Thanks, Giovanni. Uh, the same to you and your family. Thank you. Speak to you soon. Thanks again for listening to the Dallas Design Sprints podcast. If you have a question or comment about what you heard on today's show, Email me direct at robert at dallasdesignsprints.com. You can also find me on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Pinterest. Just do a Google search for Robert Scrobe or ask a friend and see if they know. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time.